Radio, and here we go with another episode of We Talk Music on the air and in your ear. I'm Martin, and I have with me Mr. Brett Podcast. Is that your name? That's my name. All and, right. Uh, You're the king of the casters, is my understanding. That's true. That's true. That's what uh, that's what the uh, business card says. But, uh, but, you know, basically, I'm excited because we have another guy who does some podcasts. He does a lot of singing. He does a lot of radio work. He does a lot of everything. He's become a media empire in and of himself. He is a return guest, and we are always happy to have Ron Keel on the show. Ron, how are you? Greetings, Brett, Morton, and your audience and listeners. We talk music. Let's do this. Thanks for having me. Well, we'd love having you on because, I mean, you are a fascinating gentleman and you've done so much in your career, which is always awesome to talk about. I mean, the, I don't, I barely even know where to start with you, but I know that we've got Healed, which uh, which is out. And so uh, I'm interested when you when you go to remix your old songs and and like do it like that, what kind of things are you looking for in that? Oh, fantastic. And thanks for starting with the new release, Keeled from the Ron Keel Band on RFK Media. And these are not remixes. These are new versions of the Keel classics from the 80s. And what I'm looking for when I cut these tracks is to deliver a vocal that has that same attitude, energy, and youthful enthusiasm that we had originally in the 80s when I cut these tracks. But to sing it with the experience and knowledge and tone and delivery that I've developed over the past three and a half decades since we cut those original vocal tracks, the original versions are great. And I, I get that the fans love the originals and the first time they heard it, it, it made a difference in their life back in the eighties. But we have a lot of fans that weren't alive at that point. Literally a lot of Ron Keel band fans are twenties, thirties, and, and they're hearing these songs for the first time. So I appreciate the old school fans embracing the new versions and I appreciate the new fans embracing these old songs. Well, I think they're terrific. I'm, I'm for me here today, gone tomorrow. It's my favorite of the new versions that you have on there. Oh, thank you, Morton. I uh, that's that's a special song for me as well. When I wrote it in '85, '86, I remember playing it in in rehearsal for Gene Simmons, our producer at the time, and uh, he he fell in love with the song at that moment. And told me that this is this is not metal. This is rock and roll. That remind reminded him of Bad Company, and uh, I think it's the first one of the first really good rock songs that I wrote. And to have that song get a new lease on life with this release is a true blessing. We cut the song a couple of years ago for a charity album that never materialized. So mm. we had the song in the can, and I felt it was a great addition to this Keeled EP. That charity record. Uh, did not happen, but the song is, uh, it, it's, it's a very special tune for me, and I appreciate that. Of course, you've got the right to rock on this new Keeled EP, a fan favorite, Tears of Fire, which is one of our signature songs of my entire life and my career, and no, no Ron Keeled show would be complete without Tears of Fire. And I was always really, uh, just uh, on my bucket list was to recut that vocal, the music's great on those original versions. The production is fantastic. The musicians are, you know, the guys in Keeler, uh, you know, I, I don't need to tell you, those guys are fantastic. But the singer was young and green and inexperienced. <laughs> and I, I, 
I didn't know then what I know now. And I'd like to bring all that experience and hard work to the table uh, when I recut these songs and uh, put new vocals on those Kiel classics. So I appreciate you guys uh, plugging that right out of the shoots here. Well, yeah. And it, and you know, it's the thing about them, right. Is that even as you mentioned the, the titles and that kind of thing, I mean, instantly my mind goes and hears the song in my head. And I mean, how awesome is that? It is awesome indeed. And these, these are timeless classics. I mean, the right to rock itself is uh, a message that will resonate for generations to come. It is about putting your fist in the air and fighting for your right to express yourself. The right to rock doesn't necessarily mean, and it's not metal, it's not rock, it's, it's the right to live your life and the freedom of expression that those lyrics embody to me is a timeless message. So I, I, I appreciate the opportunity to get that message out to a new generation. And I, you know, I, I expected when we released this EP to get some backlash from the fans, I rolled up my sleeves, put on the gloves and I, I was ready for the fight because I know all the fans love the original versions. They're part of your youth. You're part of your history. But since the, EP came out, I have not received one negative comment on social media about ah, it's not as good as the original. I, I, I was expecting a lot of that. But like I said, the old school fans are embracing these new versions and the new fans are embracing these old songs. Did you ask the band to do anything different or did you, or did you, I guess, did you ask them to do the same thing or was it kind of like, you know, if there was a little flourish or something that you wanted, then, then, you know, like go ahead and do it. Oh, good question. And the, the way these sessions came about was the fact that we've been doing the right to rock tears of fire here today, gone tomorrow. Uh, because the night somebody's waiting in our shows. I mean, th these are part of every concert that we do. So we really just went in and recorded what we do live. Um, there are certain parts uh, that the guys took a little liberties with uh, maybe a, a, a drum groove or uh, a different part of the arrangement. But for, for the most part, we, we stayed faithful to the originals. I mean, that, that guitar solo on Tears of Fire is a perfect example that's part of the melody of the song. You can't screw with that too much. You've got to stay faithful to the original and maybe put an extra bend here and there. But, you know, the guys in the band had a firm grasp on both the, uh, the desire and the goal to update these songs without reinventing them. The final track on Keeled is a uh, live version uh, that you cut in Australia of uh, Calm Before the Storm. Tell me about that, uh, that. Where were you exactly in Australia and kind of about that night then, and why this is, uh, why this is a special version for you to put on the album? Well, it, you know, be, touring Australia was a bucket list thing for me. I'd never been, and I knew we had a huge fan base over there, and I had never been to Australia. We did the tour in 2020, literally just got home uh, in time for the COVID pandemic travel ban to be instigated. We barely made it home. From that tour and you're asking me where was that recorded that's a good question it was the first <laughs> night of the tour i can tell you that because I, I took my portable recorder a little unit that i take on the road with me to do the radio show and the other stuff that i do i always take a recording unit on the road with me 
And I just hit record and put it on the front of the stage, literally before we went on. And that is the first song of the first night of the first ever Australian tour. And to include that on the EP was a, you know, just to share that, share that special moment. Cause those fans had been waiting a long time, you know, 35 years, I'd been waiting just as long to get to Australia and those fans had never seen me. And that was the, the opening song of the show. So to capture that memory in that music, it was uh, pretty special. It's a raw, rough recording, but you can hear the Australian fans loud and proud during the crowd noise. And, uh, and I don't remember the date or the city, which was the first tours, Brisbane or it wasn't Melbourne. Melbourne was the, the climax of the tour, but uh, we did you know, a couple of weeks worth of shows in 2020 in Australia. And to, to have that immortalized on record uh, is, is a dream come true for me. And I hope that someday we can make it back to Australia. It was an uh, incredible experience. Yeah, I, I love the version. I love the fact that it's so raw because it captures what it would have been like to be there that night. Uh, it is, for man. The that, that microphone is right there, right in the front row, right between me and whoever the guy in the front row yelling. I mean, that 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 is as raw and as real as it gets. I just thought, I've got to hit record. I've got to capture this moment. And for it to be the first song of the first night of the first ever Australia tour is a pretty special memory for me. I'm interested in like kind of the the feel and the groove of working with, you know, the Ron Keel band now versus working with Keel back in the day. You know, it's uh, you know, I've been blessed with some great musicians. My my entire career, I've been surrounded by amazing players from Mark Ferrari and Brian Jay and Keel and Dwayne Miller uh, to Ingve Momstein and, and Akihito Kenoshita from Saber Tiger and the guys in Iron Horse and the Rattlers and the girls in Fair Game always have been uh, blessed with, with great musicians in my life. And the difference between Ron Keel Band and Keel is the fact that uh, it's the same song, same singer. Ron Keel Band is diverse enough to play everything from all of those projects I just mentioned. We play music from throughout my entire career, whereas Keel just plays Keel songs. Um, <laughs> I always coach the team in the same way. I mean, I'm the band leader. I'm the coach, no matter what situation it is. So I have my coaching style, so to speak, and I will coach the team regardless of who's in the lineup, no matter who's playing wide receiver or running back this week. And I use a lot of football analogies in my, my coaching strategy, but so do we. I coach the team the same way, uh, no matter who's playing or who's in the band, they have to, uh, you know, and, and there's with the Ron Keel band, there's, there's no debates. There's no, uh, and it, it, it I don't want to sound heavy handed or the fact that I'm a, a dictator or anything like that, but I can't tell you if the guys in Ron Keel band like this song or that song or want to play this song or that song, they, they never uh, give me any debate. They, I, I give them an assignment. I said, we're going to put this song in the show tomorrow night and they'll nail it. There's no, it, it, that, a lot of that comes down to chemistry and the fact that the guys in the band are amazing players who embrace these challenges and, and 
respect my ability to lead them and take them where we want to go. So uh, the guys in Kiel, it's different. Kiel is a, a brotherhood. Uh, uh, it's, it's not a, it's a committee. It, Kiel is not my band. Kiel is our band. So when it comes time to put a Kiel show together, uh, I, I do take everybody else's feelings and thoughts into consideration. When it comes time for a Ron Kiel band show, those guys are, are ready to do whatever I ask them to do. And it certainly makes it easier for me from a leader standpoint. I, I'm not afraid to assign them any song from throughout my entire career. And I know they'll nail it. For sure. Yeah, that must be. Well, and I mean, it, you know, that's a skill in and of itself, for sure. I mean, just the, the idea that you could go to any show and just basically like have somebody yell something out from the audience and you'd be able to be like, yeah, sure. Let's play that right now. If you can remember yeah, it, basically. Perhaps. And it does happen. Uh, it depends on the crowd because Ron Keel Band, as I said, is very diverse and we do a lot of different types of events. We'll do this year. We'll do our residency at the Full Throttle Saloon in Sturgis, South Dakota at the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. And we'll play six shows for tens of thousands of people. And a lot of them honestly don't know who I am or where I've been or what I've done. And you've got to give those people some of the songs that they know and love. And we don't do a really cover songs, so to speak, but we'll do these 10 to 12 minute tributes where it's uh, like, kind of like a, a Vegas show, kind of like a medley of Credence or Skinner or Marshall Tucker Band or 38 Special. And those, those fans will see and hear the songs they know and love in a format which is entertaining and appealing. And then we'll throw in the Keel classics and the Ron Keel Band original music at the same time. And then there's times like Hankley, Minnesota, Rocked Timber on September 9th and 10th, Rock Timber, a big festival. This is the M3 of the Midwest, and we're excited to be on the bill this year on September 10th with Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, Winger, uh, Stephen Piercy, Quiet Riot, Jackal. And you know those fans at that event are going to want to hear the Q Classics. So we're going to throw in Speed Demon. I said the wrong thing to the right girl. And uh, of course, because the night, Rock and Roll Outlaw, Tears of Fire, Right to Rock, all those Keel classics, those people want to hear at that type of event because they do know who I am. And that's the songs that uh, they came to hear. We're going to give it to them hard, heavy, loud and proud. <laughs> now, you know, one of the things, of course, because this is released, you know, you released this yourself. And now, I mean, I want to talk about like, you know, Bill Chavis and just what his loss kind of meant to you, but not only to you, but to the music industry. Oh, great question. Uh, because his loss is a big reason why I'm doing it on my own now with RFK Media, my new label and, and multimedia company. When we lost Bill Chavis, the head of High Vol Music, and Bill and I had been friends for 20 years and always wanted to work together. The time was right. And we released South by South Dakota in 2020. And we were planning for more when Bill died of COVID-19 in August of last year. And his wife, Lori Chavis, who was the, you know, the, the end of the Yang there at the at High Vol Music, they were a, an unbeatable team. And they both died within two weeks of each other. And all of a sudden, we not only lost 
two of our dearest friends, but we also lost our record deal. <laughs> you know, so uh, that was, what am I going to do next? And the fact that we did lose a lot of friends and loved ones during COVID-19 kind of inspired me because you never know, this might be, you know, you, you were not guaranteed tomorrow. We're all on a one day contract. I mean, what, mm -hmm. what good is any contract if, if we're not here tomorrow to fulfill the, the parameters of that contract? So uh, I realized that it's time for me to take the bull by the horns, start my own label, RFK Media, and release all of my product and projects from now on through RFK Media. And Bill taught me a lot during our, our tenure together. And I'd like to take that experience that Bill taught me and Gene Simmons and all the other record companies and executives and producers and, and uh, everybody that I've ever worked with. I'd like to take that experience and knowledge and put it to use with my own label, RFK Media, which is a multimedia company all centered around the music. Uh, the music comes first and the new release Keeled is our first uh, foray into releasing independent product. Really proud of the results. I mean, we're on the media-based charts. We're getting played on Nights with Alice Cooper. We're getting played on Sirius XM, Eddie Trunk and, and so forth. So I'm really proud of what we've accomplished with RFK Media and the Keeled release. And moving forward, we're going to do all of my product and projects, but also signing some other bands like The Fifth from Fayetteville, North Carolina, a band featuring Roy Cathy, who uh, was the lead singer in Cold Sweat on MCA Records, the band formed by my uh, partner in crime, Mark Ferrari from Keel. So Roy's got... Uh, major label experience under his belt and a perfect addition. And the first act that we've signed to RFK media, we're going to do a full length album from the fifth. We're going to do comedy, uh, video book, publishing, all that stuff. It all, it, it's multimedia, but it all centers around the music. And that starts with me and, and that new release that uh, we're, we're coming out with in January called keel world and keel world is a new album, all new not rehashed, revamped, or relaunched, reloaded versions of old songs, but all new music from Keel, Steeler, Ron Keel Band, Iron Horse, Fair Game, The Rattlers. All of my bands and projects from my entire career will have brand new music on this new album. Uh, it's a huge challenge and a great opportunity for me to, to really put an exclamation point on what's been an amazing career. Wow. Yeah, I went in. Oh, sorry, Brent. If I can just, yep. I went in and I, I listened to the fifth uh, discography. Mm -hmm. um, they were a terrific band, and and uh, they've been around for a while. Just haven't had the exposure. So now you're, you know, you're uh, behind them. What are you going to do to kind of get them out there? Everything I can. I mean, my rules for success in business are pretty simple, man. Use what you got to get what you need. Do whatever it takes, and do whatever you can. It's really that simple. I mean, uh, of course, the home runs are big. I mean, getting back to the sports analogies, you've got to have those home runs. For instance, the past couple of weeks, Keeled, the Right to Rock, the brand new version of Right to Rock has been played on Nights with Alice Cooper, 100 stations nationwide, uh, played on Sirius XM, Eddie Trunk, played the new single, and we reach literally... 80 to 100,000 people each time 
we step up to the plate on a big platform like that, whether it's Eddie Trunk or Ellis Cooper. So I'm hoping to hit those same home runs with the fifth, support them any way that I can. I, I know that uh, Roy's been at it for a long time, but he still has that enthusiasm, that power, that passion, that personality that uh, really sucked me in and made me a believer in what the fifth is doing. Because you're right, a lot of people haven't heard of them yet, and that makes them fresh. That makes them brand new. And we're going to introduce a whole new audience to Roy Cathy and The Fifth and the other projects that we're doing with RFK Media. It doesn't matter how long you've been around. I, I've learned that the hard way. Or, you know, because a lot of my fans, a lot of the Ron Keel Band fans, the Keelaholics, the Patreon subscribers, the people that are uh, listening to and buying what I do, half of them were not alive in my heyday. Uh, half of my fan base was not uh, even born when the Right to Rock came out in 85. So it's always a matter of reinventing yourself and winning over new fans one at a time. And that's how you establish and achieve that longevity in this business, no matter how long the fifth has been around, they are here now and they are ready to entertain you on tour the next couple of weeks and with a great new record on RFK Media coming in the near future. Well, I'll tell you, we'd be more than happy to have uh, Roy on the show to, uh, to help promote the fifth. So that's, uh, that's something we can offer you. We appreciate that. Let's make it happen. All right. Um, I'm interested then, like how, I mean, I know you got, you know, you took, you took the lessons from Gene, you took the lessons from Bill and stuff like that, but like, how, how hard is it still to run your own label? It's, it's very difficult. I, I got to tell you, it, it's, it's not a hobby. It's a business and a lot of rock stars or celebrities or musicians, whatever you want to call us, will start their own label as kind of a sideline or a a hobby. This is a business for me. And it is absolutely, I've learned so much the last two months, how to release and promote and market an album or release properly, which really hasn't been done for me in recent years, whether it was Frontiers, uh, High Vol Music with Bill Chavis, EMP, David Ellison's label, which Fight Like a Band was released on a few years ago. Uh, I had no idea what it really takes, the paperwork, the spreadsheets, the coordination, marketing, promotion. There's a lot of stuff that goes into running the business. And I have a hard time with that because there's a guitar. There's a, literally, there's a guitar <laughs> right in front of me. There's a writer on it. I can sing and play and I can write a song and I can go rehearse with my band or I can go to the studio. And I, I just want to sing and play and create and all that. But business has to happen. I compartmentalize all that stuff in a way that I, I, I set aside certain hours and certain days for different tasks. Today is interview day, for instance. Uh, today, I'm talking to you guys on, on your show and doing a bunch of other interviews as well. So while I'm doing interviews like this, all the business and all the music has to go to the back burner because I'm talking to you guys. I'm talking to your audience and your listeners. And I'm trying to entertain people and make an impression. So right now, no business is getting done. I'm talking to you. 
Uh, but when this gets done, you know, you got to open up the spreadsheets and figure out, uh, man, it's, it's really complicated. It's really difficult. And it's not just a matter of uh, putting something out. You've got to work it. I enjoy the process and I enjoy the success. I mean, yeah, it's not easy stepping up to the plate and hitting a home run, but when you hit that ball out of the park, man, it feels good. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. I think that, and, and I think you're right. Like when you talk about other bands that have started their own, you know, labels per se and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. I think that, that we as fans, we kind of look at that and think, oh, isn't that neat that Motley Crue had their own leather records and stuff like that. But you know, it wasn't the same kind of thing as what you're doing. It wasn't. Back then it was much simpler. And now it's, 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 it's crazy complicated. My distributor, Amplified Distribution, which is fantastic. They have got our product in Walmart and Amazon and everywhere else. And gosh, <laughs> right before the album or the EP came out, they said, send us your consumer marketing drivers. <laughs> I said, what, what the hell is that? What's a consumer marketing driver? So, of course, I had to Google it because I don't want these guys to know how stupid I really am. <laughs> you know, I, I had to Google it. Consumer marketing drivers are reasons why the fans will buy your record. What are you doing to promote your record, whether it's touring, social media, uh, marketing campaigns, uh, email marketing, all the stuff that goes into selling a record? Uh, I, and they send us your consumer marketing drivers. I, go, what? I had no idea. And I learned that like six weeks ago. And now we, we've got it going on and I'm, <laughs> I'm embracing the challenge, but man, it, it, it is, it is, it is certainly a challenge. And uh, I know that I've got a built-in fan base. that's going to buy everything that I do. Uh, I've got a, a hardcore group of Keelaholics that are collectors and, and serious fans that if I put something out, they're going to buy it. How do I sell them the fifth? That's the next step in the in, in the game is uh, making sure that I do have my consumer marketing drivers in place for the other acts that I'm working with. And we're going to be releasing new singles throughout the year. We've got a new single coming out next month that I am really excited about. If you don't mind me digressing for a moment. and Digress away. Song. Uh, I got an email. This is about four weeks ago. Before the war in the Ukraine, uh, I got an email from a fan overseas, and he tagged the end of the email message with, hope you guys could come here and tour when this is over. And those four words, when this is over, jumped off the computer screen and slapped me upside the head. And I immediately, when this is over, became a song. I said, we have to write this song. We have to write it right now. Uh, because we're always waiting for this, whatever this is, whether it's war or COVID or whatever, we're always waiting for it to be over. Right. And we've been at war with Russia since I was born. I'm 60 years old. And, you know, we were in the cold war, the day I popped out of the womb. When is it going to be over? And we wrote this song that day when this is over. And it is a powerful, powerful song. And we want to get that out as a single as soon as possible because it does resonate. It's, it's not timely. It's timeless. But it does resonate with what everyone is going through now in our country and around the world. It's an important song for me. So that one has to go to the, to the front of the priority list. And 
get that uh, recording done, get that released on RFK Media as a single and video. We're shooting the video next week, and it will be a bonus track on the reissue of Fight Like a Band on RFK Media with Amplified Distribution. So uh, all of a sudden, you, you getting back to your question about the business, you have to figure out how to, to maximize that potential. And it takes weeks to uh, get a song properly released and, and uh, the metadata has to be embedded in the audio file and all this crazy stuff that uh, I'm learning about, but I can't wait to get this song out for everybody that's listening and that everybody that uh, feels the same way that I do when this is over, uh, we'll all go back in time and we'll go back to living life when this is over. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, that sounds amazing. And you're, and you're absolutely right. I mean, it's, it's like the, the whole idea, the whole here today gone tomorrow. I mean, like when this is over, well, tomorrow might not be here anyways. Right. So. Yeah. Like I said, we're all on a one day contract. I have, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting maudlin or, or you know, it, but you know, I'm very thankful that I'm, I'm healthy. I'm still 17 in my head and in my heart. <laughs> And uh, I do have uh, my health to be thankful for, but I have buried a lot of friends along the way on this journey. They're all still here with me and they, they inspire me. They encourage me to, to live each day to the fullest because we are on a one day contract. Tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us. You got to live life to, to its fullest extent. And, and that is the message behind a lot of my songs. And I don't talk politics uh, on during interviews or, or even on social media in the last year and a half or so. But I, I do like to convey that attitude that uh, life is, is very precious and it's not guaranteed to any of us. Enjoy this moment. Today is the best day of my life until tomorrow. I think we have our show title, right? That's right. One day contract right there, but uh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, now, how how difficult, I'm interested again, like I love the business side aspect. Like how, like, was it easy to get the contract with Amplified Distribution? Well, they were excited to work with us. I reached out to several major distributors and they were the ones who were the most aggressive, the most excited, and the most communicative uh, in terms of counseling me on uh, doing, doing these Zoom calls about this is how we do it. This is how you need to do it. A really uh, extensive list of instructions of how we released digital to platforms like Spotify, iTunes, Apple, uh, how we do the, the physical side to Amazon, Walmart, and so forth, they were, uh, they seemed the most excited to work with me. So that's why I pulled the trigger with Amplified Distribution. Do you have other ideas then where, where you're kind of like, besides the non-traditional ways, do you think to you, do you, do you try to think to yourself, hmm, there's another way that's not like what you know, this is the music box or the music business, and this is the silo that we work in. Do you try to think outside of that silo? My most non-traditional platform of how I create and share what I create with my fans 
is at patreon.com slash Ron Keel. The Patreon site is where you will see me behind the curtain, the making of the album. You'll hear the songs first. Uh, you'll, I'll take you behind the scenes of the new movie that I'm filming, Anomaly, which I'm starring in uh, as a, an actor. Uh, the, all the stuff that I do. And Patreon is kind of, it's, it's kind of like a family. Those people are my, my inner circle. And I share things with them that I would not normally share with the public. I don't do Facebook Live. I don't do all the YouTube stuff. Uh, the podcast is, is, you know, uncensored and unfiltered, but the, on patreon.com slash Ron Keel, I share everything with those people. They're paying uh, $6.99 a month for all access. So seven bucks a month for all access, but you get to be a part of the inner circle. I, when I walk into the recording studio in the morning, I've got the camera going and I've, you know, you, you're going to see and hear all the stuff that I do in the course of a day. Uh, that to me is as, as outside the box as I get. It's a great way to, and it, it does generate revenue. We've got 472 subscribers. Uh, I'd like to get that up to 500 by the end of this broadcast, please at patreon.com slash Rod Keel. But I mean, that's 472 people paying seven bucks a month. So it, it is a, a significant source of revenue. And I use all those funds to fund the projects. We create new merchandise. We create new broadcast platforms. We, uh, I, I take that money and put it back into my presentation, my product, my merchandise. And those fans get first dibs on everything that I do. Very I'm interesting also, to hear you talk about merchandise just for a moment, Brett. Uh, yep. Just what is your kind of philosophy behind creating your merchandise? You know, I, I want to create stuff that I would like to own. Uh, and I don't overdo it. First of all, I, I, I don't want my fans to have to buy a new t-shirt every three months. You know, we do a new t-shirt uh, every year for the new tour, the new project, the new album. And I don't do sales. Uh, I don't believe in, and okay, it's been out for six months. Now you can get a half price. I just don't do sales. I, I feel that's the disjustice or an injustice to the fans that bought it first. If you paid 25 bucks for t-shirt six months ago because you're a hardcore Ron Keel fan uh you're, you're not going to get that same shirt six months later for half price uh I just don't believe in sales we do have some great bundles online at the Ron Keel shop at ronkeel.com but I I just I don't lower the price on items after I've had them in stock for a while because I feel that's an injustice to the fans that bought it the hardcore Keelaholics that bought it when it first came out. So uh, we'll, we'll try and uh, keep that fair and equitable and create the bundles, which are cool. You know, now you get the triple shot bundle with uh, three Ron Keel band CDs and the sticker and an autograph photo and all that stuff. But uh, I learned, I learned the hard way through merchandising that uh, too much is too much. If you've got, 47 items on your merch table at the gig, you're going to sell one guitar pick. Uh, I don't <laughs> overload the merch table. Uh, it's not a matter. It's not, it's not quantity. It's quality. And everything that we do is quality. And uh, I want fans to, to enjoy 
the experience. I love seeing them show up in their Ron Keel swag, sporting the uh, the colors. And hope they enjoy the music on the way in or on the way out. Yeah. So, so what I was going to ask just a little bit earlier was I, I'm really interested, like in how long it took you. I mean, and both for the Patreon, just how long it took you to kind of figure out, Oh, I should put a camera here, have the camera ready and be, and like become this major Patreon person that you are, but how long it took you to become Ron Keel, the musician and now Ron Keel, the musician and businessman. That's a complicated question, Brett. Uh, I think I've always been a musician and a businessman. I've always been booking my own gigs and trying to take care of my own business. I've had some great managers and some great partners through the years, but uh, with the Patreon thing, how did I figure that out was really kind of gauging the fan response. And I realized about a year in, you know, I started Patreon in 2017 and we launched in 2018 when my wife went through cancer and I was quarantined long before the pandemic, we were required to, you know, wear masks and sanitize the remote controls and the light switches and all that stuff. When she was going through cancer, this is, you know, literally three years before COVID. And I had to tell my band at that point, we're not touring this year. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to be with her and, see her through 12 surgeries, chemotherapy, radiation treatments, all that stuff. And she's fine now. You know, I know that's the next question. Everybody's going to ask, how is she? She's fine. She's five years cancer free. But at that point, I realized I had to learn how to work from home. And I uh, adapted to that Patreon platform and launched that in September of 2018. And shortly thereafter, I realized that you know, what the people really want. And they're going to get it all. You're going to get it all on patreon.com slash Ronke. You're going to get all the unreleased videos and unreleased songs and demos and all that cool content. You're going to get everything that I've got. We do a cassette roulette thing, which is really cool. I'll take cassettes from back in the day. You want to hear the Bon Jovi show from Boston in 87? You know, go to Patreon. But really, what it's all about there is that family environment those fans and Kiloholics on Patreon have become friends with each other. And now it's not even about me. It's about them and their relationships with each other. They, they're a, a tribe, a family. Uh, they, they, they create that interaction with each other and with me. The online chats are great. I'll get online and I'll just, sometimes I'll hang for six to nine hours with my fans in a zoom meeting or a, an online chat room and just hang with my people. Uh, they do love the merch discounts. They love the unreleased content. You want to see the first keel show ever it's on Patreon. I mean, all that cool stuff is there, but that interaction and that family environment that we've created a, a, something that I had no idea when I launched that, that page, how that would evolve, progress and flourish the way it has. Wow, that that is really amazing. I think that that's what every musician wants, isn't isn't it? For the most part, yeah. I mean, besides being rich and famous, and and you know, back in the eighties to have lots of sex, but like to to really be able to have the fans and to be able to interact with them and kind of 
you know, kind of keep them and grow that fan base? Well, let's face it. The And I, I keep it simple. As I told you, my keys to business are do whatever it takes, do whatever you can. I mean, that's how you succeed in business. And why we became who we are in the first place was to get attention. Literally every musician, every singer, songwriter, artist, we want to, we want to get your attention. It's our job to get your attention and to uh, share who we are with you. And there, there's some ego involved in that. I, I wrestle with that aspect every day. Hey, listen to me. Watch me. Check out what I'm doing. You know, social media, it's like, you know, these people have their own lives and, you know, who cares what I had for lunch? But, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of who we are and why we do what we do is because we're geared to getting your attention. And that, uh, of course, being rich and famous is, that comes and goes, man. I'll tell you, that is a, a you don't want to slide down that slope. I have been rich and I've been broke and I've been famous and I've been nobody, but I've always been Ron Keel. I've always tried to be the best Ron Keel I could possibly be. And that, uh, attention that we get really, it's, it's the same attention as, as we're all sitting around the dinner table and I'm at the head of the table and I'm going to say grace. You know, you can eat what you want to eat. You can say what you want to say at the dinner table. You can drink what you want to drink, but I'm sitting at the head of the table and I'll say grace. And from then on, it's fair game. I mean, let's, <laughs> let's all just enjoy a meal together. Right. So I'm the ringmaster of the circus, the, the band leader, the head of the business, the uh, president of RFK media, the president of KRFK radio. But at the end of the day, I'm still just the coach of the team and the guy at the head of the table hoping everyone will enjoy the meal. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned RFK one more time, and I, I, it brings me to back to that uh, for a moment, because you mentioned that the music is always center, first and foremost, uh, with what you're doing here. With RFK, are you looking for bands that aren't necessarily rock? Would you be looking at bands in, in other genres? Great question, Morton. And I am looking for bands with two qualifications. One star quality you have to be a star you have to have some that that indefinable it factor that makes you special i'm looking for star quality and i'm looking for acts that can make a profit let's put it simply i mean it, it's not a hobby it's a business if you can't make me money then you're gonna have a hard time getting signed to my label i will keep the roster small I am not going to sign six or eight acts, uh, I don't think, uh, over the next couple of years. We're going to keep the roster very small because every album that we do, every project, every band, every artist, I have to work that project personally. I'm going to invest myself personally in that, that product, and I simply don't have the time, the energy, or the, uh, the means to work every... If I can't give you everything I've got, uh, then we can't, we can't roll. Uh, so we're going to keep it small. We're going to go with the fifth. I would like to have one other, and we had two other acts that I offered a deal to, uh, you know, I, two acts that I believed in that had star quality that I felt I could make a profit on. And they chose to go in a different direction. And that's their choice that God bless them. 
I, I wish them all the best because I believed in them and they've chosen to go elsewhere. But I think the proof's in the pudding, man. RFK Media is making a profit. Keeled is on the charts and we have, uh, we've seen significant sales and airplay with that initial pilot project. And I, I, I believe that uh, we have something to offer to an up and coming artist. Now, the genre is, you know, my team and my expertise is geared to hard rock and metal. If it's a country act, I probably can't help you. I don't think I can get you played on country radio. I can't even get me played on country radio. Uh, but my fan base, I want stuff that's going to sell to my fans. So stuff like The Fifth, Shake Little Sister. Man, every Keelholic that hears and sees that song, Shake Little Sister by The Fifth, they love it. They buy it. They want more of it. And that's my wheelhouse. I'm going to stay... I'm going to keep it in between the lines and try and do what I do best. Now you mentioned anomaly and uh, I'm interested in that. Like how did that come about? And, and, you know, you going into acting and that kind of thing. I mean, that's, that's, you know, I have a follow-up question to that, Brett, because uh, okay. I also was curious about anomaly, but I went to look on your uh, IMDb page, Ron, to see if there was anything previously where you had acted and all the list is a film called, Bad channels where you were a uh, truck stop band grits or something. And it says this film is an alien determined to capture human key females, take over a radio station to do it. Now, this sounds like the type of film I must watch. <laughs> oh, you can order you can order your signed copy of Bad Channels at ronkeel.com. The signed DVD for only 20 bucks, man. So nice. there you go, Morgan. I gotta do that. <laughs> Tell I did me about that some, film, that experience, though. I did have some experience acting uh, back in the day. Of course, what rock star doesn't want to be a, a TV star, a movie star, an actor? So back in the day, I studied acting at Santa Monica College and got some roles as uh, a musician or a biker or you know whatever. Bad Channels was a, a cool film that I did with Fair Game in 1991, I believe. But the new film, Anomaly, this is a whole new ball game, man. This is a starring role as a, a real acting role. I'm not a musician in this film. I am the leader of a paranormal research team that uh, goes to investigate disturbances at Sandy Hook, and the team gets in way over their heads. Very scary film and very challenging role for me. I, uh, at this stage of the game, how do I get the gig? First of all, the, the producer, writer, and director of the film, Terry R. Wickham, is a Keel fan. And he had reached out to me a few years ago to get my music on one of his video projects. And I, I gave him a song to use for, for his video project. And we became friends at that point. And then, gosh, what, six months, a year ago or so, he, he, he's moving forward with this film, Anomaly, and asked if I would consider playing the role of Russell Tate the leader of this paranormal research team. And of course, at this stage of the game, guys, I, I just say yes to everything. You know, I, I literally, I'm a yes guy. <laughs> you, know, you offer me a chance or an opportunity or a challenge. I go, yeah, let's do it. And then I'll figure out how to do it later. Um, I just got back from Jersey a couple of weeks ago, filming the first few scenes for Anomaly. And 
amazing challenge and experience. And the location is incredible. Sandy Hook, New Jersey. I'm underground in the tunnels, you know, looking for demons and spirits, and whatever. I can't give you too much detail about the script, but uh, just to, uh, to have that role and to be able to uh, participate in a project of this magnitude with like, a great team and a great director of photography and uh, cast and crew. And, and, and I'm just trying to, to hold my own and to keep up and remember my lines and make sure I don't trip over myself as I'm going through the tunnels, you know, underground, but man, it's, it's fantastic. And uh, we're going to film more this summer and hopefully that movie will be out next year. And just a great challenge and, and a really, really scary flick, man. When we get it done, you're going to jump out of your seats. I push you. Well, that's good. I like, I like, uh, you know, jumping out of my seats. That's one of the, uh, <laughs> we love that part of horror movies and stuff like that. Now it, it is, it's fantastic. I mean, I love hearing that you have all this stuff going on. And I think that what it comes down to, I guess, is that you just, you putting yourself out there and being so, you know, I guess omnipresent in, in everything means that, that eventually, you know, people are going to remember you and people are going to come back and people are going to talk to you. And, and I think that the more you put yourself out there, the more likely you are to get more in. That's a good point, you know, and there's something to be said for longevity the fact that a lot of people, I, I am omnipresent. I like that word. Very well done. Uh, well said. I, I keep myself out there. And I think a lot of people say, well, sh shit, this guy's not going away, man. We might as well pay attention to what he's doing. If he's not leaving, <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Uh, let's check out what he's got. Let's check out, let's check out the movie. Let's check out his new, new album or his new music or whatever. Uh, that longevity has paid dividends for me. The fact that I'm still here after 40 years in the business and still able to live my dream and to, to come on shows like this with you guys and, and talk about it is a testament to uh, that perseverance. And it's really like I continue to stress and emphasize, do whatever you can, do whatever it takes, and you'll succeed. Amazing. Well, Ron, it's been, it's been wonderful to talk to you. Uh, always wonderful to talk to you. Um, before we let you go, I want to give you the chance to tell everybody where they can find Ron Keel, how they can keep up with you and like your radio station and stuff like that. Just, just plug it all. One thing, one stop, one place for everything that I do, ronkeel.com. I'm a firm believer in the conventional website and I, I build it and maintain it myself. Because, you know, MySpace, Facebook, whatever social media will come and go. That conventional website, ronkeel.com, has been there for 23 years. It's going to stay. And if you want to hook up with me and see what I'm doing, follow me, listen to stuff, watch cool stuff, and get involved. Get on the mailing list as well at ronkeel.com. It's, it's one place for everything that I do, and that's ronkeel.com. Get a signed copy of Bad Channels to me. There you go. <laughs> there you I go. go. I think I have seven or eight copies. I think I have seven or eight copies left, Borton. Okay. Well, one of those is going <laughs> to be coming to me. No question about it. I'm going to be ordering that pretty much right away here. I can't. Right wait. on. I, I love I love talking to you, Ron, because you know you're not just a man; you're a force of nature, and I I really respect that. 
Wow, that's a really cool quote. Can I use that? You're not just yeah. a man. You're a force of nature. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to go on the new bio. That's fantastic, Lord. I appreciate that. Very cool. That's going to be some good money quotes today. I appreciate the opportunity. I've enjoyed this. Thanks so much, and keep up the good work. Best of luck with what you do, and thanks for having me on the show. Well, thanks so much, Ron, and all the best in the future to you. And uh, I know we look forward to talking to you again. So thank you so much. All right. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> that works. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, let's, let's figure out how to get Roy on as well. Let's do that. I'll uh, put the message in now. He's going on tour tomorrow. He's leaving. He's going to be pretty busy for the next couple of weeks, but we'll sure. get him back on soon. And uh, I appreciate that opportunity. Thank you for helping me promote the fifth. Yeah, no problem. We'll we'll help you promote anything you want to. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Do you want me? Uh, do you want my email or anything? Or do you no, just Jody will reach out. Jody okay. will send out an email blast uh, to everyone opening up interviews with the fifth here in the next couple of weeks. Oh, okay, great. Awesome. Shake Little Sister really is a terrific song. I love it. It is, man. What a great video. I mean, I saw the video. That's what sealed the deal for me. As I saw the video, fuck, man, these guys are rock stars. I want this. <laughs> and. I hadn't, I didn't even know that we could get them. And, and Roy was super excited to work with me and it's a perfect match, but yeah, I mean, my only fear is that they can't top that. Mm. <laughs> Come on, man. Cause that is, that's one of the coolest videos and songs of all time. You got to give me something that's that good or better on my label. Look, so bring it boys, bring it. Bring it. All right. <laughs> can't wait to see what they do. I hope so. I can't wait too, man. It better be good. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they take on. your lesson, it'll be great. So, <laughs> all right. Thanks guys. Thank Thanks Ron. Appreciate all right. you. All right.
Don't you follow me? 